if you grew up with siblings, you may have, have had a time or two or a dozen where you've had a disagreement and maybe you've had an argument. Maybe you've even had a, a, a fist fight or, or, or a pushing match. If you have, then uh, what we're about to read is nothing in comparison to what's about to happen in Genesis chapter 4 with Cain and Abel. This takes uh, sibling rivalry, sibling bickering to a, a whole nother level. Open your Bibles as we read Genesis chapter 4. Genesis 4. Adam lay with his wife Eve. And she became pregnant and gave birth to Cain. She said, With the help of the Lord I have brought forth a man. Later she gave birth to his brother Abel. Now Abel kept flocks and Cain worked the soil. In the course of time Cain brought some of the fruits of the soil as an offering to the Lord. But Abel brought fat portions from some of the firstborn of his flock. The Lord looked with favor on Abel and his offering, but on Cain and his offering he did not look with favor. So Cain was very angry, and his face was downcast. Then the Lord said to Cain, Why are you angry? Why is your face downcast? If you do what is right, will you not be accepted? But if you do not do what is right, sin is crouching at your door. It desires to have you, but you must master it. Now Cain said to his brother Abel, Let's go out to the field. And while they were in the field, Cain attacked his brother Abel and killed him. Then the Lord said to Cain, Where's your brother Abel? I don't know, he replied. Am I my brother's keeper? The Lord said, What have you done? Listen, your brother's blood cries out to me from the ground. Now you are under a curse and driven from the ground, which opened its mouth to receive your brother's blood from your hand. When you work the ground, it will no longer yield its crops for you. You will be a restless wanderer on the earth. Cain said to the Lord, My punishment is more than I can bear. Today you are driving me from the land, and I will be hidden from your presence. I will be a restless wanderer on the earth, and whoever finds me will kill me. But the Lord said to him, Not so. If anyone kills Cain, he will suffer vengeance seven times over. Then the Lord put a mark on Cain so that no one who found him would kill him. So Cain went out from the Lord's presence and lived in the land of Nod, east of Eden. Cain lay with his wife, and she became pregnant and gave birth to Enoch. Cain was then building a city, and he named it after his son Enoch. To Enoch was born Irad, and Irad was the father of Mahujael, and Mahujael was the father of Methushael, and Methushael was the father of Lamech. Lamech married two women, one named Adah and the other Zillah. Adar gave birth to Jabal. He was the father of those who live in tents and raise livestock. His brother's name was Jubal, who was the father of all who play the harp and flute. Zillah also had a son, Jubal-Cain, who forged all kinds of tools out of bronze and iron. Jubal-Cain's sister was Naamah. Lamech said to his wives, Adar and Zillah, listen to me, wives of Lamech, hear my words. I have killed a man for wounding me, a young man for injuring me. If Cain is avenged seven times, then Lamech seventy-seven times. Adam lay with his wife again, and she gave birth to a son and named him Seth, saying, 
God has granted me another child in place of Abel, since Cain killed him. Seth also had a son, and he named him Enosh. At that time, men began to call on the name of the Lord. Now, as we begin verse one of chapter four, what we see is that Adam and Eve, the first man and, and women, woman on earth, are getting ready to create their family. They are getting ready to produce. So what we do know is, is that Adam and Eve are in the garden with uh, nothing but the animals at first. We know that man has now fallen into sin. And now we see that uh, and we know that they are out of the Garden of Eden. So they are somewhere uh, on the outskirts, uh, tilling the ground and doing doing what they do on their own without the full strength that God gave them at first. So now they are they have begun to uh, create a family. Now, what we don't know is, is how much time has passed from the end of the Genesis chapter three, when they were uh, forced out of the garden to this point now, because it does not say. So we will begin verse one. Now the man had relations with his wife. Uh, relations, meaning that they uh, and, and, and uh, King James says he knew his wife. But we know that this means that he uh, and his wife are, uh, you know, they're, they're doing their adult business. And she conceived and gave birth to Cain. And Eve said, I have gotten a man child with the help of the Lord. So now Eve delivers, delivers Cain. And of course, it was in pain that women go through now. Why? Because we remember what it said in the previous chapter about the curse. And he comes out. He's a boy. OK, now this is uh, to our understanding. This is the first uh, human that was born. Remember, Adam was made. He was created. So it was Eve. Cain is the first human that comes into this earth that is born verse 2 says again she gave birth to his brother Abel and Abel was a keeper of flocks but Cain was a tiller of the ground now that word again Hebrew the Hebrew word there means to continue a thing so it has been pretty popular a pretty popular belief that Cain and Abel were twins because uh, it doesn't say that uh, later on she conceded or at another time she conceded it said again and that word again means to continue a thing so uh, we are to believe at least to the best of my knowledge that Cain and Abel were twins verse 3 so it came about in the course of time that Cain brought an offering to the Lord of the fruit of the ground uh, the word time here is the same for day uh, now, how did these boys know to bring an offering to God? Well, it had to be revelation. Let's cross reference and let's look at Hebrew, uh, turn to the New Testament, Hebrew chapter 11 and verse four. And it reads, by faith, Abel offered to God a better sacrifice than Cain, through which he obtained a testimony that he was righteous. God testifying about his gifts and through faith, Though he is dead, he still speaks. Now, I, I read that because I always wondered my myself, like, well, you know, how how exactly did, you know, uh, Cain and Abel know to bring an offering? You know, wh what was this offering about? Because anything that has to do with offerings has not happened yet uh, in the scriptures. Now, we also have to uh, take into account that at this point, Cain and Abel are of 
uh, some age of where they can help out and do these things. Remember, Cain uh, was a tiller of the ground, able to care of the flock. So we know that they aren't babies because just in the previous verse, they were just born. So we just have to speculate that at this point, let's just say for argument's sake, 13 to 15 years have passed by. Okay, verse four. Abel, on his part, also brought of the first liens of his flock of their fat portions. And the Lord had regard for Abel and his offering. So the Lord liked what Abel brought to him, verse five. But for Cain and for his offering, he had no regard. So Cain became very angry and his countenance fell. Now, what does it mean when it said that he had no regard, that the Lord had no regard for his for his offering. Okay. Let me uh go to I'm gonna stay in the New Testament, but I am going to go to I'm gonna stay in the New Testament, but we're gonna go to First Samuel. So if you would, would you turn to First Samuel and let me look up the chapter that I wanted to get. First Samuel, first Samuel sixteen seven. Turn to first Samuel sixteen seven. It said, But the Lord said to Samuel, do not look at his appearance or at the height of his stature, because I have rejected him. For God sees not as man sees. For man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. So the point here is, is that the reason why the Lord had no regard is because the Lord is looking at the intent on what's the inside. So what can we assume that maybe uh, Cain did here? Well, we can assume that maybe he brought an offering to the Lord and they were bruised radishes, beat up tomatoes. Uh, you know, carrots that uh the rabbits had began to dug up. He didn't bring his. He thought that he was doing a good thing by bringing, let's just say, a basket full of vegetables. But the Lord saw what was inside his heart, and that he didn't really mean what he was, uh, what he was doing. But as for Abel, he looked and and Abel brought him his best, and Abel brought him uh the best of the sacrifice, and the Lord was pleased. God has mentioned uh. Now, there's a uh, God has mentioned again about the falling of one's face. Stay in the Old Testament and go to Isaiah uh, chapter three. And I think it was verse nine that I was looking for. So Isaiah three. Let me double check and make sure that's what I want. Yes. Isaiah three, nine. The expressions of their faces bore witness against them and they display their sin like Sodom. They do not even conceal it. Woe to them, for they have brought evil among themselves. So there is another example that the Lord was talking about the expression of one's face, because as you, you know, you know, can tell here, you know, uh, it says that Cain, his expression fell. Right. Verse six. Then the Lord said to Cain, why are you angry and why has your continence fallen? Remember, continence being the look on one's face, his face, you know, uh, what we can determine is went from maybe him smiling and showing all all of his 32 teeth to now looking down at the ground and, and looking like a sad puppy dog. Verse seven, the Lord continues, if you do well, will not your continence be lifted up? And if you do not well, sin is crouching at the door and his desire is for you, but you must master it. Now, the Lord is talking directly to Cain here. And when he mentions mastering sin, I am going to go into the New Testament, into the uh, into the book of Romans. And I, let me see. I want to say it was Romans. And look at my notes again. I need Romans. I need Romans six, Romans six. And with reference to mastering sin, I'm going to read in Romans 6, verses 12 
and then 16. Verse 12 says, therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body so that you obey its lust. And then 16 says, do you not know that when you present yourselves to someone as slaves for obedience, you are slaves of the one whom you obey, either of sin resulting in death or of obedience resulting in righteousness. Those are some examples that the good Lord gave about mastering sin. Okay, so now we get back and we get to verse eight. Now, Cain told his brother Abel and it came about. So he told him what he told him. Well, I'm assuming that Abel was there, but I'm assuming that he was referring to what the Lord said to him. And it came about when they were in the field that Cain rose up against his brother and killed him. Now, the word kill here means murder. It means that Cain murdered Abel. And I like to bring that up because when we get to Exodus 20, it, one of the commandments is thou shall not kill. But in the original language, the word actually was murder. Thou shall not murder. It doesn't say thou shall not kill because we know that there are some people who are the enemies of God later on who are going to need to be killed. So the word there was murdered. So Cain rose up against his brother Abel and murdered him. Verse 9. Then the Lord said to Cain, where is Abel your brother? And he said, I do not know. Am I my brother's keeper? Now, this is another rhetorical question by Jehovah. Uh, like he asked uh, Cain's father, I mean Adam. Remember, he asked Adam, Adam, where are you? When Adam was hiding, it was a rhetorical question that God was asking him. He knew where he was and he knew what was going on, but he wanted to see what would come out of his mouth. And what came out of Cain's mouth was a lie. He said he didn't know. Am I my brother's keeper? In other words, am I supposed to keep up where he is at all time? The Lord said, what have you done? The voice of your brother's blood is crying to me from the ground. Now, the Lord meant that his blood was literally speaking to him. In other words, the Lord is letting him know that I know what you did. Okay. You may have thinking that you hid uh, your brother from my sight, but I can, I can, his blood is crying to me from the ground. You spilled his blood. Now, it's amazing that uh, it's, it's amazing uh, due to the fact that we sin. But here is Cain literally in the presence of God. It says that he brought an offering to God. God literally spoke to Cain when he said to him, why has your countenance fallen? So Cain and Abel are directly talking to the true God. Okay. Jehovah directly is telling, is speaking back and forth to them. And even, when, even at this part, when he asked him, where's your brother? Even with that said, Cain still tried to get away with sin. Amazing, isn't it? Verse 11. Now you are cursed from the ground, which has opened his mouth to receive your brother's blood. Twelve, when you cultivate the ground, it will no longer yield its strength to you. You, you will be a vagrant and a wanderer on, on the earth. So what we have here is now the Lord has put a curse on Cain. Remember, Cain tills the ground. And even though the ground is cursed because of Adam, the Lord is telling him that I'm going to make it I'm making it even harder for you to make a living to go about and to uh, to plant your fruits and plant your vegetables. Thirteen, Cain said to the Lord, remember what I said about Cain talking directly to the Lord? My punishment is too great to bear. Now, notice Cain did not repent. Cain here is only thinking about himself. Cain does not fall down uh, to Yahweh and say, 
Lord, forgive me. I'm sorry, you know, for what I've done to my brother. His first thought was, oh, come on, man. You know, you punishing me. So he, he wasn't even repentant of what he'd done, which leads me to believe that he didn't even regret the fact that he just killed his own brother. Verse 14, Cain, Cain continues, behold, you have driven me this day from the face of the ground and from your face, I will be hidden. In other words, he's saying, Lord, you, you're going to turn your back on me and I will be a vagrant and a wanderer on the earth. And whoever finds me will kill me. Now, think about this. We know that Cain and Abel are born. If Cain is worried that someone will kill him, then there must be other people on the earth because who are the people he's talking about? Yeah, he could have been talking about his father and his mother because we know that they're still somewhere around. Okay, but to the best of my knowledge, I'm led to believe that when he says that whoever finds me will kill me is that there are other people on the earth. Now, remember, Adam was created and it does not tell us what age Adam was or what age Eve were when they were created. So we really don't know how much time has passed. Okay. The only thing that we do know that we will find in a few verses is that when Adam was 130 years old, here comes Seth. But what we don't know is we don't know that who else is born. Right. But obviously there has to be people because Cain is concerned about this. Verse 15. So the Lord said to him, Therefore, whoever kills Cain, vengeance will be taken on him sevenfold. And the Lord appointed a sign for Cain that no one finding him will slay him. Okay. Now, that word sign means a signal or a flag. Okay. But I also want to uh, read this in a different translation. So I'm going to read verse 15 again. And I am going to read it out of uh, the Young's uh, as soon as I can get it up here. Okay. Verse 15. I'm going to read it again. It says, and Jehovah saith to him, therefore, of any slayer of Cain, sevenfold it is required. And Jehovah said it, a, said it to Cain, a token that none finding him uh, doth slay of him. So this has always been a bit of confusion to me because I have always wondered, like, well, what is this sign that Lord, the Lord said that he was going to put upon Cain? So it seems to me and, you know, just to me that this had to be some type of a mark. It had to be something on Cain that uh, let others know that they uh, could not or they were not allowed to slay him. Uh, and if this is the case, I also have to believe that that the Lord made this a, an announcement, because if you're in a village, let's say it's 15 people in your village and some dude just uh, rolls up and let's just say he has a mark, some type of slit across his forehead that's very noticeable. How, how do I know what that means? I don't even know what it means if it was revealed to me. And the reason why I say that maybe God said this to a uh, to a group of people, because look at what it says. Therefore, whoever kills Cain. So if God was talking just to Cain, it seems that the Lord God would have said, whoever kills you, this is what's going to happen. But he says, whoever kills Cain. Vengeance will be taken on him sevenfold. So it seems that the Lord is making an announcement. I could be wrong here, but that's exactly how I'm taking it. Verse 16. Then Cain went out from the presence of the Lord and dwelt in the land of Nod on the east of Eden. Okay, according to the Bible map, east of Eden could have still been in Iraq, 
because as you know, I mentioned in the previous chapters, that's where I believe the Garden of Eden was. It was somewhere in what we call the Middle East. But if he went past the Tigris River, he could have gone into Susa or Alam, which is modern day Iran. So what I've, what I've come up with so far is that the first people on the earth lived in what we consider to be the Middle East. So Cain now goes east and he's somewhere roaming in this area. Verse 17, Cain knew his wife and she conceived and bore Enoch and he built the city and called the name of the city after the name of his son Enoch. I want to uh, stop here for a minute. Uh, Cain knew his wife. Now, sometimes we take the, the Bible and we make the Bible harder then it has to be to understand. Now, I mentioned in the previous uh, chapter that uh, someone, uh, 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 someone I know, a, a gentleman who I used to uh, uh, frequent, uh, who was a who was a minister, said that, well, on the sixth day, when the Lord God said he created man, mankind or Adam, that he actually created not just one man, but he created several men so in other words there are those who believe in this type of doctrine that he created a a uh let's just say uh uh when i when i went to the, i remember when i used to go to the doctor as a kid there was a poster on the wall and it was talk and it was and i don't remember exactly what it said but it was talking about uh doctors loving you know all the you know all the children and on the wall it uh had the colors uh black white red and brown and it had children of uh you know of uh, you know four children of different races like there was a uh uh you know a white american uh kid there was a, a black american kid there was a uh hispanic uh american kid and a native american kid and what that takes me to here is is that uh well i'm sorry sticking with that theory uh this person would say that we'll see that's how the lord god created man he created four men of these different races and then for females of the same races and that's how the earth actually populated correct but i'm going to uh i'm not going to wait to prove that theory wrong i'm going to uh touch on that theory right here if you return with me uh back into the new testament into the book of acts uh chapter 17 i will make the point i know i'm taking a little longer on this verse but it's, it's really a point that i want to make here that uh that adam was the first man eve was the first female and i'm going to tie that in with the point of how uh how cain got to new got to know his wife acts 17 verse 26 and it reads and he he being the Lord God made from one man every nation of mankind to live on all the face of the earth having determined their appointed times and the boundaries of their habitations so the point that I want to make is is that Cain's the, the, the long point that I'm making here is that Cain's wife came from one of his siblings so I am led to believe that after Cain and Abel were born remember from uh, uh, verse 2 to 3 we know that they're born and then they're bringing offerings to the Lord so we don't actually know how much time has actually went by and now we don't know how much time has went by between Cain killing Abel and this time where he gets to Enoch and he knows his wife so if you believe what the scriptures say that the Lord God created 
uh, the, that all mankind came from one man, then apparently this had to be one of his sisters. So what we're led to believe is, is that uh, between this time, Adam and Eve, they did not stop having kids. And that Cain uh, goes to this land or not, and he uh, either takes a sister with him. You know, I know some people will say, uh, well, you could even say if it wasn't a sister, it could have been a niece. Because he could have uh, had a brother who had his sister, and then they had a kid, and that kid comes up. And he. so we basically, we know that it's one of uh, Cain's relations. There's really no other explanation for this. Verse 18. And this begins the genealogy of Cain. Now, one what something I do want to do is that I want to I have a book and it talks about who's who in the Bible. And I actually want to teach on who all these people are, because we know a lot of the main characters of the Bible. But I like to even dig into the people who you don't know as much about. So I was going to read everybody in Cain's genealogy. But in the book that I have, it doesn't give you actually anything about any of these people. Only thing it does is it, re, it refers back to. Uh, the chapter and the verse, like for instance, verse 18, to Enoch was born Irad. So when I looked up Enoch, all it said was go back to Genesis 4.17. Or when I looked up Irad, it says see Genesis 4.18. So it doesn't give anything about these people. So I can't read anything about them. I will just carry on. To Enoch was born Irad, and Irad begot Mahujael, uh, and Mahujael begot Methusael, and Methusael begot Lamech. And so as we see, we now begin the genealogy of Cain. Verse 19, then Lamech took for himself two wives. The name of one was Adah, and the name of the second was Zillah. So this is the first polygamist recorded in the Bible, Lamech. Now, you got to remember who these people are coming from. These people are coming from Cain's lineage. OK, now, technically, these would be kids of Adam. But uh, from what we understand, Cain has been cut off from uh, the bloodline of Adam. And we will see that as we get to the end of this chapter and begin uh, the next. So he took he took two wives. Now, I know there are uh, some who. Uh, believe that it was okay i've actually heard so-called believers in this day and age in 2015 say things like well you know back then that you know it was okay to have more than one wife because the world had to be populated blah 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 but there's nowhere that you're going to find that the lord said a man can have more than one wife and i can tell you one of the scriptures that some people will try to use to prove that point or to prove me wrong and say well that's not true uh to, uh and turn a couple of books over in the Old Testament and go to Deuteronomy chapter 21. Deuteronomy 21. And this and right when I'm about to read uh, is uh, sometimes where people will try to cross reference and say, well, it was OK to have more than one wife at a time. Deuteronomy 21. I am going to read verses uh, 15 to 17. And it reads, if a man has two wives, the one loved and the other unloved. And both the loved and the unloved have borne him sons. If the firstborn son belongs to the unloved, then it shall be in the day he wills that he has to his sons. He cannot make the son of the loved the firstborn before the son of the unloved, who is the firstborn. But he shall acknowledge the firstborn, the son of the unloved, by giving him a double portion of all that he has. For he is the beginning of his strength. To him belongs the right of the firstborn. Now, 
I want to read that because some will go there and say, well, see, uh, it was okay because he he's given a commandment that if when a man has two wives, that it's okay for him to, it's not okay for him to take the one he loves the most if she has a son second and promote him to the firstborn. Well, when we get to Deuteronomy, I will break that down, that that is actually talking about something totally different. It's talking about men doing what they want to do, and it's really referring to men taking wives from uh, the spoils of war. Like when the men went into a, a town and they slaughtered all the men, a lot of times they didn't kill the women. They just took the women and brought them back. That's really what that's referring to, but I'm not going to jump full head into that yet. That's when we get into Deuteronomy, but I'm proving the point here that it was never okay for men to have two wives. Men just did as they chose. Uh, Lamech does it here. And for we understand, Lamech is not of God because he is from Cain and Cain left the presence of God. But we're also going to see that in some of the men that God had his hand directly on took more than one wife. Either way you want to slice it, fellas, you can't have more than one wife. Verse 20. And Adah bore Jabal. He was the father of those who dwell in tents and have livestock. So... He was a farmer like his uh, now deceased uncle, Abel. 21, his brother was Jubal. He was the father of all those who played a harp and flute. So uh, it's safe to say that Jubal, Jubal is actually the father of musicians. So this is where uh, a lot of the music came from. Okay. And, you know, some will some would say that, well, if you believe the theory that Cain is actually Satan's seed and I believe that, you know, Cain is of Satan because Satan rose up in him. But I don't necessarily believe that uh, that uh, Satan is his is his literal father. And there are some who believe that and they can tie that in and say, well, you see, you know, Jubal is the. Uh, you know, is the father of all those who are musicians. And we know that Satan uh, was the head musician when he was in heaven. <laughs> Excuse me. So some will kind of tie that down and say, well, see, you know, that the blood, it goes down through the bloodline. But I have thoughts on that, that when we get a couple of chapters down, I will give you about Satan, who was an angel mating with women. We, we'll dig into that. Verse 22. And as for Zillah, she also born Tubal Cain, an, an instructor of every craftsman in bronze and iron. And the sister of Tubal Cain was Nehemiah. Uh, I didn't ever find anything on Nehemiah because I was trying to figure out why was it important that they mention his sister in the, in the genealogy. But I actually never found anything on her. Tubal Cain uh, was, uh, he was the implement, uh, the, the word implements would mean to engrave, okay? 23, Lamech said to his wives, Adah and Zelah, hear my voice, wives of Lamech. Listen to my speech, for I have killed a man for wounding me, even a young man for hurting me. Now, what is Tubal Cain saying here? He's, he's saying that he's, he's killed two people. That, that's, that's flat out what he's telling his wives. And it sounds like he's saying he did it because, you know, he could do it at will because he could do it. Okay. Why? Because uh, his son, uh, because, I mean, because, his, because Tubal Cain, you know, was a, I'm sorry, because his son, Lamech's son, Tubal Cain, was an instrument of, instrument, uh, was a, uh, he implemented weapons. That's what I believe it meant when it said uh, bronze and iron is that he created some type of weapon, something that you could use to more easily kill a person with. Okay. Now, verse 24, if Cain shall be avenged sevenfold, then Lamech 
77 fold. I want to point out something here. God did not say this. God did say some generations ago that whoever uh, kills Cain, vengeance would pick on them 77 fold. Now, that shows us the grace of God, even for a murderer like uh, Cain, God still gave him grace and said, no, no one's going to kill you. But it's interesting here that Lamech also takes that upon himself to say that, well, if it was done for Cain, you know, my relation from generations ago, then it will be done for it will be done for me even more. If, it, if he gets sevenfold, then I must get seven sevenfold. Well, God didn't say that. This is just what uh, Lamech said himself. Verse 25. Adam knew his wife again, and she bore a son and named him Seth. For God has appointed me another seed for me instead of Abel, whom Cain killed. Okay. So what we have to understand here is, is how much time has gone by. Now, we, I know from the genealogy map that Adam is 130 years old when Seth is born. What we don't know is how much time has actually gone past from when uh, Abel and Cain were born until this time. You know, now it's it's hard for me to believe that. Let's say, for argument's sake, when the Lord God created Adam, Adam, let's just say he was 15 years old, because we know that he wasn't he wasn't made as a baby because he immediately went to work naming the animals in the garden and and and, uh, and and attending to the garden. So let's just assume Adam and Eve are the same age. Let's just say that they are 15 years old. Okay, because we know that people got married young here. It's just it's hard for me to believe that. Let's just say at 15 years old, they're here by the time they're 16, 17, 18. Who knows? And this is just me speculating. They have uh, Cain and Abel. It's hard for me to believe that they didn't have any children for, let's just say, 112 years. They had no children. It, they were fruitful. They had they were given the command to be fruitful and multiply. So I'm of the belief that Cain, that Adam and Eve had plenty of children in this 112 year span. But there must be something special about Seth because it mentions that he uh, that the Lord God has given me another seed to replace Abel. Now, those are my thoughts. And that's what I believe on that. And his name was Seth. Now, Seth, I am going to read about because uh because in the book that I have of, you know, it talks about who's who in the Bible, you know, there actually is something on Seth. And my goal is to educate us on different people of the Bible, not just to read their name and go past it, but to give to give us some history on these people. And this is uh, what I read about Seth. Adam and Eve had suffered the loss of their first two sons. Abel was murdered and Cain was banished for the crime to compensate them in their grief and loss. God appointed Seth as a replacement offspring. Over 100 years later, this third son of Adam and Eve gave birth to Enosh. The generation account notes that after the birth of Seth and his son Enosh, people began to invoke the name of the Lord. This is, they began pursuing the spiritual aspects of being made in the likeness of God. Seth fathered many other sons in his 912-year lifespan, thus establishing the human race. You know, so... Those are the things that we know about Seth. And we do know that Adam was 130 years old, but I'm still saying that we still don't know what the time period was uh, with between uh, Cain, Abel, and Seth. We just know that Adam was 130 years old. Okay, verse 26. And as for Seth, to him also was born, a son was born, and he named him Enosh. Then men began to 
uh, call upon the name of the Lord. And as I believe, I believe that this is where men begin to uh, worship the Lord for what he is. And why do I say that? Because I don't believe that Cain and his genealogy and his people were. I don't believe that's what they were doing. I believe that when Cain left out the presence of the Lord, it meant just that he left from God's presence. He no longer brought a, a sacrifice or an offering to the Lord. He turned his back and, and went his way. Okay. And I can't give you much on Enosh because all it tells me is, is see Genesis 426, which I just read. Okay. We have now come to the end of Genesis chapter four and uh, it's getting very interesting. Thank you for listening. God bless you. God bless those who uh, love to study the Lord's word. And Father, uh, I pray that you uh, bless me to present your lessons as best I can. We thank you. We praise you. We give you honor in Jesus name. Amen.